Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon to you and yours. Hope you're having a great one on a beautiful Thursday, May 18th, the year 2023. Not too hot. Um, now cover coming, but still in all, a Chamber of Commerce Day, much like it is at Oak Hill Country Club after an hour or so delay because of a frost with temps in the upper 30s. Um, it's refreshingly cool now. Conditions are great, but scoring is not in Rochester at Oak Hill Country Club. It's a tough, tough golf course. Um, we'll get into that story, the NBA playoffs, the Preakness, and much, much more today as my main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. Head down the interstate west. You'll find KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles. Thrilled to be there. Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Round one of the PGA championship underway from Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York, a par 70, 7,394 yard course with 15 million in prize money to be doled out. And right now, a three-way tie on the leaderboard, Scotty Scheffler, Canadian Corey Connors, and Keegan Bradley are all at three under par. Ryan Fox, Victor Hovland, Bryson DeChambeau are at two under. Masters winner John Rahm is at plus five on the day. Brooks Kepka is at plus one on the day. So um, still out there playing. Rory McIlroy is at plus two. Cameron Smith is at plus two. And on and on we go. Great conditions. Not too much wind. Uh, the temperature just right. And uh, but these uh, the rough is unforgiving. Pin placements are difficult. Greens are fast. And uh, it's a challenge for all of these great golfers as round one is underway. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when these NBA playoffs are over. Every night there's another great game. And last night held true to form as the Miami Heat came out of halftime and outscored Boston 46 to 25 to erase a double-digit deficit 
and to take game one in their best of seven Eastern Conference Finals, 123 to 116. Jimmy Butler is an amazing basketball player. 35 points, five rebounds, seven assists, six steals. He is the smorgasbord of stat sheets. He is the stat sheet stuffer. And then they got double figures, and this is a this is just a terrific team. Bam Adebayo with 20 points and eight rebounds. Gabe Vincent. Who ever heard of Gabe Vincent? <laughs> well, he's he's become a a really, really good NBA player. 15 points. Max Struess, the other guard. Who ever heard of him? 15 points. Caleb Martin off the bench with 15. Kyle Lowry with 15. The Miami Heat, tough. They play together. They play defense. They share the ball. They, they're really, really good. It was an outstanding game, and Jimmy Butler just took it over. Whereas the star for the Boston Celtics, for whatever reason, Jason Tatum finished with 30 points. But in the fourth quarter, goose eggs. Hardly touched the ball. When he did, he either traveled or made an errant pass. Never initiated the offense. Didn't take shots. Just mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. So, the Miami Heat, a heavy underdog in this series, steals game one. It's game two tonight between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Denver took game one, 132 to 126, and everybody's saying, oh, well, uh, the, the Nuggets are worried because, man, they, they felt like they lost the game, but they really won it, and the Lakers figured out a way, and, boy, they made a great push, and they did, taking a 20-something point deficit and making a game of it. They certainly did, and basketball is always a game of runs. Every team has one. It's how long does that run go Lakers had an extended run, and they're talking about, oh, well, they took Anthony Davis off of Nikola Jokic and let him run Rome as a free safety, and Rui Hachimura is going to guard. Well, guess what? As they made their adjustment, I can promise you Denver is going to make an adjustment as well. Give me Denver tonight. Just give it to me all day long. Give me the Denver Nuggets. Absolutely. LSU gained a commitment today from a transfer safety by the name of Andre Sam, who shores up some concerns in the secondary. Now, he has been the Marco Polo of football. Uh, LSU practiced this spring without its starting safeties, so the need for another experienced option became clear. Underclassmen moved on to the first-team defense and and so Brian, Brian Kelly said, look, we got to figure something out. So today they gained seventh year graduate transfer, Andre Sam. He announced his decision on social media. Now he's a Louisiana native from the city of Iowa. Where my buddy Clarence Caesar, former LSU basketball player, reside. It's a, uh, he'd been enrolled at three different schools during his career. He signed. Let's, let's take, take this journey. He signed with McNeese State back in 2017 before transferring to Marshall last season. 
Sam then entered the transfer portal with one more year of eligibility. He chose Tulane, but transferred again after spring practice. Uh, at McNeese, Sam played for Lance Guidry and then current LSU running back coach Frank Wilson. He was named first team all Southland Conference for the spring and fall 2021 seasons. Uh, Sam then rejoined Guidry, who had become the Marshall defensive coordinator and safety coaches. Um, he followed Guidry to Tulane this winter. But the, t- t- but the defensive coordinator left for the same job at Miami after less than a month. So Guidry's like, I'm not following you to Miami. I'm going to stay close to home. I'm going to LSU. So the Tigers have established starters in senior Greg Brooks and junior Major Burns, but they lack proven depth. Um, Richard sophomore Sage Ryan from LCA typically plays nickel. Sophomore uh, Matthew Langlois has been injured most of his career. Redshirt freshman Jordan Allen doesn't have much experience. Ryan Yates, Kylan Jackson, Javier Tobiano are all promising, but they're true freshmen. So uh, now LSU has a player with six years of college behind him. Six. Holy cow. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, San Diego has been named the 30th MLS club. They will debut in 2025. Rafa Nadal Nadal will miss the French Open. He expects the year 2024 to be his last year on the uh, tennis circuit. That's, you know, everything has to come to an end. Uh, There's an update, but no vote on the Washington Commanders sale this month. The NFL says Um, so they will not vote during their meetings next week in Minnesota. Why? Your guess is as good as mine. Um, I guess they have to do more vetting and more research and all that. But it's uh, it's going to happen because the Harris group that um, is in line to buy the commanders, the group has a net worth of approximately one hundred billion dollars billion with a b all right let's go over our guest list today he just got a five-year contract extension we'll talk with mcneese athletic director Heath schroyer bill frankes will follow that to preview lsu versus georgia in athens in our number two frank schwab from yahoo sports all things on the nfl michael bakeshock our thoroughbred horse analyst will give us his picks to win the Preakness and we'll have some MDA talk as well so we got a busy busy Thursday we're glad you're with us we'll take our first time out and we'll talk to the man who's really really resurrected athletics in Lake Charles at McNeese State University next this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Riding coasters, live music, fried fair food. Well, the Cajun Heartland State Fair is back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is giving away family packs of ride tickets. Just text CHSF. To 337 283 8100 for a chance to win a family pack of tickets. That's 80 tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair at the Cajun Dome, May 25th to June 4th. Brought to you 
by the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back at uh, 17 minutes after the hour. Sometimes the best plans go awry. We're still efforting to get McNeese Director of Athletics, Heath Troyer, on. Um, he's en route to Baton Rouge for a meeting, and um, we're trying. Uh, so anyway, but in just three years, as the head of the athletic department, He's transformed McNeese's department into the fastest growing department in the Southland Conference, both financially and staffing wise. He signed a new five year contract, and that's uh, that's a great, 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 great thing. Um, when, when you become the athletic director at a place like McNeese or any other school, the, the first and foremost thing that you have to do is you have to be an expert fundraiser you've got to generate income plain and simple and he Schroyer's done that he took a level of corporate sponsorships valued at around four hundred thousand dollars a year and raised that up to 2.4 million last year that included uh, a signing partnership with Oshner Health System and the goal is to increase that year in and year out. The cost of, of living increases all the time. And if you don't increase your corporate sponsorships and your fundraising, then you're in trouble. He hired some coaches along the way as well. Coaches that he hopes will be um, very, very successful. And as success comes so does season ticket sales at football coach gary golf the first million dollar contract in school history then he signed another million dollar a year coach with the signing of the basketball coach will wade and he's counting on those two coaches to get the athletes and get the talent and to win and you'll see attendance figures go up, more money coming in. When you win, you get more sponsorships, and that's just the way it goes. So um, for a guy that came in as a basketball coach, James, uh, Heath just sent me a text. He said, please call him again. So try him now, and we'll get him on real quick and make it short and sweet. Um, in 2021, Troyer signed a multi-year deal with the Southland Conference to, to host the league's men's and women's basketball postseason tournaments, as well as baseball and softball. And that's going to bring in millions of dollars to the economy in southwest Louisiana. So that's, that's a pretty good deal. So in a very short period of time, he took what he referred to as a sleeping giant, worked very, very hard, got the right people around him, made the right hires to this point in time, and 
has done a tremendous job. Heath, uh, Heath Troyer, the, the director of athletics for McNeese joins us now. Um, thank you for the time, sir. I greatly appreciate it. Congratulations on the, uh, you know, everybody likes some continuity. Everybody likes a little stability. You got a new five-year deal in Lake Charles and, and that's terrific and well-deserved. Congratulations. Uh, I appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it's great to, uh, yeah, it's an honor to be here and, and great to lead. It's an honor to lead the department. And I'm excited about uh, to continuing the work that was already started. You know, you were a basketball coach, you, so you had to try and convince kids that, uh, that you got to come play for you and to come play for your university. Did you realize how good you were at at uh, at going oh. out and raising money? No, uh, you know, but I, I would tell you that we have a really good uh, the things that we have in place here allow for that to have a, for us to have a lot of success. Um, you know, we, we started the McNeese Athletic Foundation, you know, almost three years ago. Um, uh-huh. And it was, it really is, it's, it's Dr. Wade Roos is our executive VP and he's over the foundation, um, university foundation. So he and I, you know, have worked really, really hard together. So it's really a united front. Um, and, you know, we've been really strategic and, 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 and our ask and strategic and, you know, where we're trying to go as a department and obviously, uh, raising money. And, uh, but yeah, we live in a great community that uh, loves McNeese. So, um, but I, I'm excited about what we've been able to do, but I really think we've just, um, we've just started to, uh, to tap into our potential. Awesome. I mean, it's, there's been potential there forever, but nobody seemed to be able to put their finger on it. You have, and it keeps going up and going up and going up. You've made some some good hires. You've made some hires that people went like, hmm, why? Well, I wonder why. A lot of people said Will Wade was untouchable. Um, he's going to do a great job for you. I have no doubt about that, but you took a chance. You took a risk. What was your thought sure. process going into that hiring? Um, you know, I, I think that in the last two years, our program, um, our basketball program was, you know, was just, I mean, lack of a better term, just almost dying a slow death. And it needed a yes. shot of adrenaline. Yes. Um, yes. We have an unbelievable um, fan support, um, financial backing, especially with men's basketball. And, um, and I thought that Will Wade, was someone that obviously um, has lived in Louisiana, understands our culture, um, and was someone I knew that uh, could come in and, and and give us a shot of adrenaline within our program, within our department, um, and honestly within our community. It, it, you know, we're still struggling from from the hurricanes that hit us in 2020, and our, oh, yeah. our town and our community is still re- rebuilding. So for me, and, for, and, and obviously I've, I've talked to Dr. Roos a lot about this, is that yeah, McNeese Athletics is, is the soul and the backbone of our community. So what can we do as a department to continue to to get our community to rally, to give them hope, um, to give us some momentum? And this hire was bigger than just basketball. Um, it was really for our university and obviously for our community. And, um, you know, just within 72 hours of, of his hire, we have $250,000 in new revenue. Um, and ticket revenue. I mean, our fundraising has yeah. is, is gotten even better because of this hire. So um, 
I'm really, really excited about having Coach here. Obviously, I've done, you know, did a, a, a tremendous amount of due diligence. We've had some very, very frank conversations um, throughout the process. Uh, you know, obviously, I talked to people within the NCA, talked to lawyers, talked to other schools that had similar uh, issues or allegations. Um, and I just thought that when you weighed it all out, that this was a no-brainer for us. Um, but, but make no mistake, I mean, <laughs> Will Wade had a lot of options. Uh, McNeese was not his only option. And uh, for us to, to have him here and back in the state of Louisiana is a, is a huge cue for, uh, for McNeese. It's always uh, in, in athletics, um, within your own conference, and I, it's always an arms race. You're looking, you know, what, what is your vision? What, what is on the horizon? What would you like to tackle next? You've done, I, I know fundraising is always going to be first and foremost, corporate sponsorships. You've made the hires. You're giving them all the opportunities to succeed. What's the vision for the next couple of years down the road? What would you like to have accomplished? Uh, to make it simple, win and win big. Um, yeah. You know, I want to. I want to be uh, in the next few three to five years. I want McNeese to be, become a national brand, and I want us to be a regional power. Um, I think that we have the things in place now. We obviously have to continue to grow. We can't rest on our laurels. Um, you know, but I, I truly believe that the next three to five years is our window to become really nationally relevant um, okay. and re, in, a, in a regional power. I think that. You know, we're going to have a new press box here really soon. I'm excited about that. Um, but for us to, to get in the NCAA tournament, win a couple games, you know, get our football program back to where we're a national power, and then ultimately, you know, if, if there's realignment that happens again, um, to, to be able to be in that discussion and have the things in place for us to make the move this time if we're, we're offered. I, I do know this, that, you know, we were offered to get on the train you know, 15, 20 years ago, and, and we decided not to. The leadership at that point, at that time, decided not to. If that train comes around again, uh, we will get on it. And, um, and and for us, we need to do everything we can to, to position ourselves, uh, again, to be nationally relevant and a regional power and, and then let the chips fall where they may. It's, it's all about seizing the opportunity. You've got momentum on your side. Congratulations. Well done, Keep it going. Uh, I can't wait to see Will on, on your sidelines coaching him up. I think it's going to be terrific. So, um, anyway, congratulations. Thanks for carving out a little bit of time. I know you got a meeting to get to, but we appreciate it. And uh, continued success, Heath. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, if there's anything I can ever do, let me know. You got it, my friend. Thank you so much. Heath Troyer, okay. Director of Athletics, McNeese State University, with a new five-year contract in hand they are blowing and going we'll take a quick time out when we return lsu georgia baseball preview in athens from the voice of alec box stadium skip bertman field bill frankes next this is the jordy holberg show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros and the defending World Series champs are starting to warm up, and you can see them live and in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with another Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Cincinnati Reds on Saturday, June 17th, and you can be in there. Register in the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, 
and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. I've got a little Thursday, Friday, Saturday college baseball as LSU wraps up the regular season on the road against the Georgia Bulldogs. They'll play in the friendly confines of Foley Field. Now, LSU, I don't know how many. What is the box seat now? Uh, All I know is Foley Field, according to our next guest, seats 3,291. So it's a small little ballpark. And Bill Frank is the voice of Alec Box Stadium, Skip Berkman Field, kind enough to join us today for a preview. Hey, Bill. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, Jordy. Thanks. Good afternoon to y'all. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you, you said the friendly confines of uh, of the Foley Field. Actually, I'm not sure exactly why, but Foley Field uh, calls itself the Wrigley Field of college baseball. I don't know exactly really? why, but... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll figure it out throughout the, over the course of the weekend. But yeah, Foley Field they, is they, the site of the, of the of the series. They they need to spend some of that national championship football money and build a new yeah. baseball stadium. Three thousand yeah. people, come on! Well, yeah, it's interesting. I was doing a little research uh, about it um, last night. I did come across some articles where there have been proposals by the Georgia Athletics Department to to increase seating capacity. Uh, to, to add some amenities to the stadium. And the coach, Scott Strickland, is, is quoted in the article saying that we have fallen far behind other SEC facilities. So uh, to this point, uh, there, there was some renovation done about eight years ago in 2015, but apparently they've, uh, they're considering uh, doing more. And you're right, it's kind of a, a small facility for a, for a, a program the size of Georgia's. And, and the type of uh, baseball players that are, that are attracted to that program, you'd think the facility would be a little larger. So perhaps it'll be something different in the future. But for now, uh, it, it is a small, friendly confine there. Yeah, that's right. Um, maybe it's just what LSU needs, you know? Um, yeah. They, they've been, you know, they haven't played as well of late as they have earlier in the season. No one can right. argue that. Right. There's no that's question right. about that. So maybe – they go back to what looks like a high school ballpark and they get to, they because I've, I've been around sports a long, long time. Momentum can leave you quickly, but momentum can be garnered as quickly as it leaves you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think LSU's looking to try to gain some momentum at the right time now. And you know what else is interesting, Jordy, and you know how this is as a, a former college athlete that uh, Jay said after the game Tuesday when LSU beat McNeese that, Hey, I think we need, we just need to get out of here. We need to get away from Baton Rouge. Yeah, we need to get off get off somewhere, be together on our own, just us, us, uh, just us. You know, thirty right. players and coaches, and just uh, get to get come together, get to work. School's over with. We can focus solely on baseball, and uh, that's why he was really excited about leaving town <laughs> because yeah. uh, you know they're they're going to play the three games in Athens, then go straight to Hoover for the SEC tournament. And he feels like this can be a real bonding, uh, team-building experience for his club as we, as we near postseason play. So hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe being away from home for a little while might, might help the Tigers uh, uh, late, intensify their focus and perhaps they'll, they'll play a little better than they have been. Because, yeah, that's been tough losing I'm two straight you. SEC series. 
I'm with you. Any angle is possible. Is Paul Skeens, and you've been around for 30 plus years, is Paul Skeens having the best year of an LSU picture that you've ever seen? I would say yes, Jordy. Um, wow. In my very first year, my very first year of those 35 years was 1989, and that was Ben McDonald's uh, junior year when he won the Golden Spikes Award. And Ben had a tremendous year, uh, 202 strikeouts. But I, I just seems like to me, I, I don't recall as dominant as he was, I don't recall Ben being quite as dominant as Paul Skeens has been. I mean, this guy just seems unstoppable. He truly is a machine. And he's a, you know, he's a, he's a much, uh, you know, of course, in 30 year, 35 years, uh, nutrition and uh, preparation and weight training, so many things have changed. He's such, a, to me, as as big as Ben McDonald is and was, this guy's such an uh, imposing oh. presence on the mound. Oh. I mean, six foot six, yeah. 250 pounds, 100 miles yeah. per hour, consistent. I mean, he's still pumping 98 to 99 mile per hour fastballs, you know, deep into a game. Uh, yeah, to me, he's the, he's the most impressive pitcher that I've seen at LSU. Bill Frank is with us. I, I think Ty Floyd has done, you know, he's been really, really good. He's gone yeah. a little bit deeper into games now, which I think is really, really good. Um, and then after that, you know, we just don't know. So Javen Coleman yeah. is going to get the game three start. What's the thought process there? Yeah, you know, they, they've been very deliberate, Jordy, in bringing Javen Coleman back. Uh, you know, frankly, when the season started in February, Jay didn't even think Javen would have a, pit, a chance to pitch this season. He just thought it was just too much to overcome having uh, Tommy John surgery in March of 2022 to, to think that he could return by April 2023. Uh, this didn't seem practical, but, but Javen really uh, worked at, at an accelerated pace and came back faster than anybody thought. So once they realized what they had, they thought, well, let's just be very careful with him. We have him on very strict pitch limits you know, each he, okay. beginning on April 18th when he first appeared uh, in the game against the uh, UL Lafayette. Let's bring him back very slowly and maybe stretch him out a little more each time. And then, of course, he got the start last Sunday against Mississippi State uh, through in, in the range of, of just over 50 pitches, worked into the third inning, had five strikeouts in two and two-thirds innings. Still a little uh, issue with his control, which is to be expected. But I think they like what they've seen each time out. Javen appears to be getting a little bit stronger every time. So they thought, let's stick with it for for the game three start and see if maybe he can extend even further, perhaps go four uh, innings this time or or even into the fifth inning. So, yeah, Yeah. it's been a very deliberate uh, program, very measured program. And hopefully uh, when the NCAA tournament starts, that Javen is a guy who can give you a, a, a solid quality start and uh, i'm looking forward to see what he does uh, th- this coming saturday bill frank is with us lsu versus uh georgia they're eastern time so first pitch yeah. today will be five o'clock our time and you can listen to the ball game right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles okay so trey morgan started at first then you use jared jones now you got to get hayden travinsky's bat in the lineup <laughs> who's going to be yeah. at first base this weekend Oh, that's a great question, Jordy. I tell you what, again, just, just reading the way that, that Jay uh, talks about Travinsky, he said uh, after the game Tuesday, he said, we just got to find a way to get him into the lineup. I mean, the guy's too yeah. good. He, he's been, I mean, the kid's hitting uh, 
over 400 on the uh, four, uh, 439 on the year. 439. I mean, yes. Yeah, he he has seven hits in his last 10 at bats. He's he's hit a, he's homered in every single SEC series beginning with the Ole Miss series. So he's homered in four straight SEC series. He homered again. Uh, it was which was the game winning home run on Tuesday night at McNeese. Broke the four four tie in the sixth inning. Proved to be the winning run. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to figure out a way to get his bat in the lineup, and they thought, well, let's try this. It's work Hayden at first base. Uh, he'd been, you know, they'd been working him at first base in practice in anticipation of, of trying it out. They thought they'd try it out against McNeese. Uh, uh, Hayden committed an error. He, he did drop a ball that uh, Jordan Thompson threw to him from shortstop uh, that should have been an out, but Hayden dropped it, so there was an error there. Uh, but otherwise, he looked okay. I mean, no, no one's going to be Trey Morgan at first base defensively, obviously. Right. But right. his bat is just so valuable, and and he he play he he plays with so much confidence, uh, uh, you know, offensively, and even behind the plate. You know, he's not the defensive catcher that a Malazzo is, but he's still he's so um, he's such a great leader. I mean, I love the way he 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 um, interacts with the pitchers. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's a very vocal leader. And he he just brings a lot in a lot of different areas uh, to the team when he's in the lineup. Now, first base, I think, would arguably would be his weakest defensive position. But uh, if he can make up for it by swinging the way he is, I, th- I think it's it's a, it's a worthwhile experiment. And I would anticipate we'll see him uh, in the lineup again tonight. It, it would I think first base is a viable option. Uh, the other issue right now is that Jared Jones has been struggling at the plate. Yeah. Um, Hitless in his last 11 at bats, had had a rough go of it against Mississippi State. You know he's still a freshman, uh, still you know, learning how to play at this level. So it wouldn't shock me to see Travinsky uh, back at first base again, uh, beginning tonight. Uh, Cruz has been Cruz. Uh, this Tommy White dude, 86 runs oh, batted in, gosh, 18 home runs. I mean, how good has he been? Yeah, I tell you what, Jordy. You know, we we just kind of, you know, it, it's the time of year when. My, one of my jobs is to nominate players for postseason awards, and you know, naturally, as the year went on, thinking, "Wow, you know, I mean, no brainer." Dylan Cruz will be, you know, he'll be our nominee for SEC Player of the Year, and <laughs> the nominations were due uh, earlier this week, and, and then we're looking at the numbers and go, "You know, gosh, I mean, a case can be made that, that Tommy White uh, has had a bigger year than Dylan Cruz, but in a different way. They're, they're two totally different players. Dylan, of course." hits ahead of White. He's the guy that's on base all the time. That's one reason why White has so many RBI. So, uh, you know, both guys deserve to be considered players of the year just because of what they do, they do it so completely well. But Tommy's been on an unbelievable tear. 86 yeah. RBI, that's already, the, that's already the sixth highest total in LSU history. He's got a legitimate chance. Uh, to break the LSU record, which we thought was untouchable. It's 118 RBI in one year. That was by Brandon Larson in 1987. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? He's got If he keeps on at this rate, he certainly has an, an opportunity to break that record. Well, the bats have been there, um, and uh, Skeens has been there. Just somebody has to just – you've been around it enough, and I've said this. You know, these kids are human beings, and they they understand what's going on, and it's it, to me it's all between the ears. I, I think they're I think they're just aiming the baseball rather than mm-hmm. throwing the baseball because I think they're just right. afraid to to throw a, to throw a ball. They just gotta yeah. forget about that stuff and just go play, man. Go play. Yeah, I think you're right, Jordy. I, I think maybe sometimes 
uh, and it's easy for me to say, just being watching from the press box. But, but you're right, it seems like they're kind of, sometimes they're overthinking things. Let's just let's just get back to basics. Let's throw strikes. Let's 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 let the let's let the opposition put the ball in play and get themselves out. I think maybe that's been part of the issue with all the the, the free passes we've been giving up. Uh, just maybe just look too, too much overthinking. Let's just let's just play ball. Yeah. If they hit it, I mean, if they hit it, there's a good chance they're going to get themselves out anyway. So let, right. let's uh, let's throw strikes. Let's not overthink it, and uh, let's let our defense play behind us, and and hopefully we'll have a good result. LSU will try and get some momentum on their side. Five o'clock, first pitch today in Athens, Georgia. Bill Franquez, thank you so much. As always, you are the best. Have a uh, have a wonderful time and enjoy the weekend, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jordan. I greatly appreciate it. All right. 45 minutes and some change after the hour. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back with more here after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners, ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, Cleaning America's Air from the Inside Out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted and by cajun chef do yourself a flavor turn up the taste with cajun chef hot sauce every day is a chamber of commerce kind of day when you're listening to the jordy holberg show this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros in southwest louisiana just heard the ad about playing the hit games with the lottery. Oh, oh my goodness. We got to delve into that a little bit deeper with our good friend, the director of communications for the Louisiana lottery. This Kimberly Chopin is kind enough to join us. Kimberly, good afternoon. How are you? Hey there, Jordy. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Oh, it's our pleasure. Tell me about this, this hit thing. 100, 200, 300, 500. And of course, you know, I'm interested in the 5,000. Of course, right? So yes. this is a really interesting game concept that we've kind of been testing out. It's been really popular in other states. So typically, it's like, let's say you buy a $10 ticket. Your top prize okay. on those kind of games is usually $250,000. So you might be wondering, why on a $10 game is the prize only 5000 It's because we took the prize pool, and instead of having just a few really large top prizes – we made a ton of lower-tier yes. prizes. Yeah, but there's yes. better odds of winning them. So yes. it's just a different way to play. Yeah, so we did it at every price point. You know, obviously, the $1, you it has it's loaded with $100 prizes all the way up to the $10 game that's hit $5,000. So these kind of games, like I said, have been popular in other states. And so we've been trying them out here. We've done a few loaded games, and they've been successful. I mean, people, you know, there's different kind of players, right? Some people put their money down like Powerball, Right. The right. odds of winning the jackpot of Powerball, let's face it, they're huge, but then so is the jackpot, right? Sure. But then other yeah. people like to win more frequently. They don't need it to be these, you know, jaw-dropping numbers. 
They just like a meaningful winning experience. So for them, these kind of games are perfect. Because the odds are better. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Your odds are better. You're not going to win billions, but you're going to still win, and that's pretty darn good. Um, I see where your Saints fast play game is going to be closing on May 28th, so people better get their ducks in a row. That's right. We're closing out that game, but it's to make way. Okay, every August, you know, we do yeah. our partnership with the New Orleans Saints, and we've got some really exciting things coming down the pipeline. We'll be introducing another fast play Saints game, but it will be at the nice. $3 price point. And then we'll okay. also have our $5 scratch-off Saints game. I can't wait to tell you more about it, but it's Good. got an entirely new play style, something we have never done before, where you actually have to punch out footballs on the ticket to reveal Ooh. underneath what, what you you know possibly oh, want. Cool. And there's three different ways to win on that game, too. So it's kind of an extended play. You know, it's got a grid, and you figure out if you've won, then you fold your ticket, punch out football. So lots of fun coming down the pipeline with our Saints game, something completely new. We're excited to be the first lottery in the country to do this type of game. Always good stuff. Always, always, always. Um, What else you got out there that's going on that we need to know about? Yeah, so we've got two different games that are eligible for second chance drawings right now. We have a $2 scratch-off. Powerball game, not the draw game, but a scratch-off game that uses the Powerball brand. That's a $2 game, and if you don't win a prize on it, if you get those entries in by July 17th, we'll be drawing 25 Louisiana finalists to be entered into a national drawing for lots of additional cash prizes, plus four people will get an extreme VIP trip package to watch the NASCAR championships in Phoenix in November, and one of them during the race will win a million dollars. So that's really exciting. Um, if NASCAR is not your thing, but you like country music, we've got the yeah. $5 Living Lucky with Luke Combs ticket. If you don't win a cash prize on that ticket, you can send it in by July 10th. We'll be drawing for one VIP trip to Nashville for a private concert with Luke Combs, oh. where one oh. winner will also walk away with $500,000. So lots of exciting ways if you don't win a prize on these scratch-off games to potentially get something even more exciting. Sure. And, and when the lottery says VIP, I mean, that's VIP. Oh, we throw out that, that's, that's the big time. Yeah, you get, I mean, there's a welcome reception at the Country Music Hall of Fame there. Um, you get to uh, watch Luke in the iconic Ryman Auditorium. So, yes, so when we say VIP, we absolutely mean that. You know, the trip includes yeah. airfare, accommodations, um, you know, entertainment. So, absolutely, we do mean VIP. Oh, All right, everybody else out there, if you if you played the Mega Millions, check your ticket because there's a $1 million unclaimed prize that's still out there. I don't understand why, but that's going <gasps> to expire June the 18th. So, take a look at your ticket and and and. And be smart. That's right. That's right. So many times, you know, people play and they may put their tickets somewhere that they don't, you know, remember. But, you know, we had one in the Lafayette area not that long ago. Um, I 
think it was a it was a fifty thousand dollar Powerball ticket, as I recall. And okay. you know, we get we get media out whenever, like within thirty days of something expiring, we're sending out news releases to the media. You know, we're posting stuff on social media, like trying to find this winner. You know, and <laughs> excitedly, the lady was like, "Wait a minute, there's a person in this area. Um, I think it was like Grand Coteau." So you know, she's like, "Hmm, I play Powerball." Sure enough, she had a group of tickets in her kitchen that she had not checked yet. No way. So, so excited that she came in literally, you know, a couple weeks before the deadline and claimed her prize. That, to me, is a true success story. So, yeah, if, if you find your tickets awesome. in the West Monroe area, definitely check them right now. There you go. All right. Well, um, I highly recommend. Yeah, I, I say it every day. So many games to play and to win, but you got to go play to win Try the hit 100 or 200 or 300 or 500 or 5,000 and uh, and have some fun with it. It's always fun with you, Miss Kimberly Chopin. Uh, the temperature's warming up uh, and the lottery keeps on keeping on. So thank you for all you do and thanks for keeping us up to date. Oh, it was my pleasure. You have a great afternoon, Jordy. All right. She's so pleasant. I swear, Kimberly, you're the, no, the nicest. You have the voice for radio yeah, and the looks for television. So you got it all. You got the total package. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Kimberly Chopin, the director of communications for the Louisiana Lottery. Coming up, hour number two of the program, Frank Schwab on the NFL, Michael Bakeshock. The Preakness is Saturday. Do you care? Well, maybe that's the problem. Um, and much, much more. This is the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two and away we go on this Thursday, May 18th, the year 2023. My main man, James Mesh, inside the FCO Development Studios. FCO Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction it's on the campus of delta media which houses klwb which is 1037 lafayette we're also on klcj 1041 lake charles streaming everywhere 1037 thegame.com 1041 thegame.com and if you're in the acadiana area you can turn your television set on because we're simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on lus fiber bryson dechambeau um, in the lead at four under par in round one to the PGA Championship, leading Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, and Keegan Bradley by one single shot. Lots of golf still to be played. Uh, we begin our number two with our good friend out there in the Mile High City where game two of the Western Conference Finals takes place tonight between the L.A. Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Frank Schwab, um, Everything for Yahoo Sports. Kind enough to join us. Hey, Frank. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, it's ironic that uh, I'm, I'm actually not in the Mile High City. I'm just on the street from you in New Orleans. So you know, taking uh, taking in the what is it the the, the whatever city the Crescent whatever City. It is. It's beautiful here. You. I love it. Love it here. I'm happy to be here. 
well, I maybe you should have called. I've gotten you some dinner reservations at some places. If you need some help, you let me know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Um, I'm gonna have to text you after. We'll, we'll figure that out. Absolutely, please do, please do. All right, Frank Schwab. But how about how about those nuggets and how about the Joker? How I mean, how good is that dude? I mean, uh, it, it's really not overstating it to say he's playing at a historic level at this point. I mean, the guy has, what, 15, 15, and 10 at halftime the other night? I mean, uh, it's just he's just taking his game to new levels that we haven't seen. I mean, uh, I think he, uh, you know, he, he never had a 50-point game before the playoffs, and then he dropped, what, 52 on the Suns. Just, uh, again, playing at that, like, and I don't, I, I'm not really overstating this. He's playing at that. LeBron, Jordan, Magic, Kareem type of level these playoffs. It's been something to watch. He's just a fantastic player, and I'm glad that he's had some playoff success because I just think I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it was because he's a second-round pick or because he's not, like, this unbelievable athlete at seven feet tall. Like, you know, we've seen David Robinson types or whatever, or Young Shaq. But it's just been something holding people back from really giving Jokic the credit I think he deserves. Even though we got the two MVPs, it was always, oh, he's never done it in the playoffs. They've never made a run. It's really nice to see them making a run. So a lot of that, uh, that needless criticism can go aside, and we can enjoy this guy for the remarkable player he is. Yeah, uh, amazing. Uh, Frank Schwab, in the Crescent City, oh, that's just, it's terrific. Since you're there, um, Question for you: Can can Derek Carr? Do you think Derek Carr can be more in New Orleans than he was with the Raiders? He's he's like he's always good enough. Where eh, I'm not looking for something better, but he's not really good enough to 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 win it all with. Can he can he be more in New Orleans than he was with the Raiders? You know, honestly, I don't believe so, I, and that's not a knock necessarily. But I think mm-hmm. he just kind of is what he is. Now, I do think he's good enough that. If you put a good team around Derek Carr, you can win with him. You can win big with him. And it wouldn't shock me at all to see The division's not very good. I know that. We both know that. But he's good enough that well, it's really not. Like, he's not a Mahomes type where he's ever going to carry you. But the New Orleans Saints, for the next few years here at Derek Carr, are not going to go into any season saying our quarterback's pulling us back. It's going to be, okay, well, we have a good enough quarterback. We need to build really well around him. And I think they can do that. I think they can, they can have a really good team that, that helps him out, at least win this division and see you know, what happens in the playoffs or whatnot. But, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a nice bridge, I guess, for them while they figure out what's next. You know, what's, next, what's for the next 10 years? I think the next few years, Saints fans are going to be, Pleased with their car. I don't know that they're going to be retiring his jersey or anything, but I think he's he's always been a good enough quarterback. Where I just don't think the Raiders ever, you know, that's a dysfunctional organization. Never really put the guys around Car to win big, and but now I think you know, I mean, if, if the Saints do it right and and you know hit on some of these young players or whatnot, they could be pretty good these next few years in a division that could be good for a while. You get a good enough defense, you can be those Baltimore Ravens, right? When they won a Super Bowl with yeah. uh, Trent Dilfer at quarterback, uh, I, I guess that's yeah. what. Uh, or even look at the comp is. I think the the better go. example right now is the Forty ers The Forty ers have built around the quarterback position. They're not necessarily saying we need a franchise guy. They're saying you, you know we're going to stick everything else around the quarterback and and win that way. That's a great point. That is a great point. We'll see. Um, 
Everybody, of course, the big story in the NFL is the move by Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. And if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm going, you know, we got a pretty good quarterback in Josh Allen. We got a really good team. Um, nobody's every, everybody's kind of looking away from us. Um, boy, that gives them a, a big uh, chip on the shoulder, I would think. Yeah, and I thought about that, too. I wondered if we're kind of giving up on the Bills too early that, you know, we think their kind of window has passed, but it really hasn't. They still have a great roster. They had a really, really good season last year that just ended really poorly in that playoff loss. They they were overmatched. They were, they were just had a bad day against the Bengals. But I think the Bills are still a good team. And, yeah, I, the shiny new toy is the Jets, right? They're on the come up. They got this fun new quarterback. They right. haven't been in the playoffs in 13, 14 years, whatever it's been. And so we're all like, uh, you know, smitten by them and what's next when we're, I think we are forgetting about the bills a little bit. I think it's a great point. And there's nothing to say the bills can't be like, maybe they just needed something like that. Just to, you know, you're, you're going to go in get your behinds kicked by the Bengals in the playoffs. You kind of regroup. You don't have the hype. There's not going to be the last year. The hype was a little out of control for the bills where it was either you go to a Super Bowl or your season's a failure. I mean, that was, August, I think that's what I wrote in my team preview on the Bills. And that's a lot to live up to. And maybe this year, when everybody's talking about the Jets and everybody's talking about the Chiefs, can they go back-to-back and you know the, the Eagles or whatnot, maybe it's a good, good space for the Bills to be where the pressure's off a little bit, but they still have that great, talented roster. Joe Burrow uh, of Cincinnati is eligible for a contract extension for the first time this offseason. Um is he going to take the route of uh, of uh, Tom Brady and not take the max and, and leave some more room for others, you think? It sure sounds like it. I never – look, I, I, either way, if quarterbacks say, you know what, I'm worth this, I'm going to get as much money as I can because why would I save money for these owners who might not even reinvest it in a roster? I, I'm fine with that. I, I never criticize a guy for that. But there's also something to be said about guys like – Mahomes, who look, Mahomes still got paid. He got paid a ton of money, but right. he made it a team-friendly deal. Tom Brady, the same way, where he never took the max money really with the with the Patriots. He left a lot of money on the table with them to try to have a competitive team every year. I'm sure Joe Burrow is going to be very comfortable financially the rest of his life, even if he takes you know forty million instead of fifty million a year. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how this comes down. Burrow seems to understand that they got other guys to pay, Jamar Chase and whatnot, yeah. and he wants yeah. to win. He wants to win a Super Bowl. I think that just what would you rather have? You know, a forty million dollar a year salary and a couple Super Bowls, or fifty five million dollar salary and you never really win big. I think everybody right. would pick the first one. I never criticize guys who max out their contracts, but it seems like Burrow's going to go that route where he's going to give the Bengals a lot of flexibility in years to come. He says he doesn't spend a dime of his football paycheck he just lives off of his endorsement deals. that's the gronkowski plan for as as much as you know we kind of make fun of rob gronkowski being kind of the party guy and all that he was really the first guy i've ever heard of that did that he didn't touch a dime or says he did i I don't know i'm not his accountant or anything but gronk said he never touched a dime of his nfl salary he just lived off his endorsements and i hey yeah that's pretty brilliant from a guy who we don't think of as brilliant really man Wait till you go to some of those restaurants in the world. You may be calling Joe up for a little loan there. But uh, anyway, Frank Schwab Schwab with us. Um, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore. What kind of of working success do you think Todd Munkin and his offense will do for Lamar Jackson? 
it's going to be really interesting because Greg Roman, their old offensive coordinator, he basically just embraced Lamar Jackson as a runner. And this is what he can do, and this is what he does well, and we're going to lean into it. And I think Munkin's going to try to at least take it to the next level in the passing game, a little more vertical stuff to to let Lamar Jackson throw deep, make some big plays like that, which, I mean, if you think about it logically, here's a guy who every defense has to play an extra guy near the box because – you need to, to spy him. You need to keep eyes on him as a runner. So there should be opportunities downfield if you got the right receivers. And they've added, obviously, Odell Beckham, added Zay Flowers in the draft. So I think Munkin's going to come in with a lot of different ideas. We're going to see Lamar Jackson, I really think, kind of, I don't want to say take off as a passer because he's already he led the NFL in passing, passing touchdowns in his MVP season. He's already right. been a pretty good passer, better than he gets credit for. But we really might see him take a real big leap in that department. I, I think that. With a, I don't want to say a more modern offense, but just a different offense that, that wants to push a ball downfield, wants to pass it a little bit more. I still think you're going to see the same great runner. I, he's unbelievable in that aspect of the game. And I think you're going to see him grow as a passer a little bit. I think it's a really good mix, and I, I, I'm really excited to see how this relationship goes. In that division, if this next quarterback returns to the 2020 version of himself, I, I don't know if there's a better quarterback division in football than what you see in the AFC North with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and if Deshaun Watson can return to form with Cleveland. Do you think he can? I do. I I really do. Now, I will say this. Look, when you basically take a year and a half off of football and don't play – it's it, time moves pretty quickly in the NFL, and you, we saw with uh, Le'Veon Bell in a totally different position. I get that, yeah. but we yeah. saw Le'Veon Bell take that year off, and he was just never the same. And I just wonder if you lose it a little bit. I also wonder about Deshaun Watson's confidence, as far as he's had so and right. Hey, he earned it all. So many negative stories about him and negative things said about him. When you're the quarterback of a football team, you kind of need to be that. Uh, cocky, you know, leader, nothing affects you, nothing gets to you. Does he still have that? Does he still have that swagger? I don't know. But if I had to make a guess, yes, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be a tremendous quarterback this year. He was with the Houston Texans for so many years. Last year was, I mean, he got criticized a lot, and a lot of that has to do with the off-field stuff and people wanting to you know, get on him a little bit. But if you think about it, he hadn't played in a full year. He was with a brand-new coaching staff, brand-new teammates, brand-new scheme. Yeah. And he didn't get yeah. to play the first eight weeks, I think it was. It's so yeah. tough to enter midseason under that circumstance as a play well. And he didn't. He did not play well. But I think with a regular offseason, uh, more time with the coaching staff, now he's knocked that rust off a little bit. I do think Deshaun Watson's going to be pretty darn good this season. I'm not going to take much more of your time. I want you to enjoy um, the, the city that care forgot in, in New Orleans. But <laughs> close to you and close to us, Sean Payton was with the Saints. Now he's up there in Denver. Can Sean Payton save Russell Wilson? I I don't know. It's so interesting. It's this dynamic between these two is going to be so it's just curious to watch because and we've talked about this a little bit. As you guys know out here, Sean Payton's not a guy that's going to acquiesce to his quarterback too uh, too much or no. acquiesce to anybody. He's for better or worse, and probably for better. I'd say for better. He's the big ego in the room. He is the guy in the organization. Everything's going to go by his way. Is Russell Wilson okay with that? Is he 
He's going, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was more of a cheerleader than a coach at times last year, and I think that got him, right. everybody, into trouble in Denver. Sean Payton ain't going to be that. It, there's not going to be any office for Russell Wilson at the Broncos facility anymore. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Does Russell Wilson, at this point in his career, want hard coaching? Does he want to basically say, yeah, I stunk last year. I need to get better. I'm, I'm in. I'm buying completely in Sean Payton. Fix me. I think that's the big thing. I think Sean Payton's smart enough for sure to, to figure out Russell Wilson's strengths as a passer and play to those. He was so great with Drew Brees. I mean, it, yeah. you know, the magic they made together. And even late in his career, when Drew Brees wasn't the same guy, Sean Payton really figured it out, figured out how to win with yeah. him. And I think he can do the same, but I think it's all about Russell Wilson's buy-in. Is Russell Wilson willing to let go of the ego a little bit and just give in to Sean Payton and say, hey, I, I want to make this thing work. Last year was embarrassing. Let's get, let's get on the same page and let's make this thing work. And I, I think, the world, hey, look, I'm a Wisconsin guy. You know that. I, I think the world of Russell Wilson as a quarterback. I think he's been fantastic in his career. I thought he was going to Hall of Fame before last year. Now can he get back on that track? I, if Sean Payton can't do it, I don't know if it can be done. All right, Frank Schwab, you're the best. i got to ask you one, one more NBA question. Who's going to be in the finals? I think the Celtics and Nuggets. I, I uh, the Celtics are weird to me that they just don't really want to seem to be dominant. We we look at this team and say, okay, now they're gonna they're gonna take over. They're gonna be this great team, and they just they blow games at home to the Sixers. They lost to the Heat last night. They just don't seem to want to take this by the throat and really be a championship team. But I still think they're gonna get past the Heat, and then the Nuggets are just. Uh, you know, maybe I'm just too close to it, but the the Nuggets have just been so good all season. I think that a lot of people slept on them and how good they are, especially at home. I think they get past the Lakers, and I, you know what, Jokic playing at this level, I think they could beat the Celtics too. Uh, yeah, they're they're a good team. Jamal Murray is a good player. Um, yeah, Frank Schwab, if I can be of any help for you, please don't hesitate. Have a wonderful time. It's a great, great city. Get out and walk it and see it and experience it. You're going to love it. And thank you for your time. I had no idea. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think it's my fifth time here. I love it every time. It's just it's fantastic. People here are great. It's always a fun time. And, yep, definitely looking forward to it. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you so much. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, uh, leaving uh, Denver, coming down to the Deep South and having some fun in New Orleans. All right. Um, not only is the PGA Championship going on today, but on Saturday, the second leg of the thoroughbred horse racing triple crown will take place. Only one horse from the Derby is in the Preakness. And of course, that's Mays, who won the Derby. So we'll get a um, prognostication from our thoroughbred handicapper, Michael Bakeshock, next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game has a brand new app. It's now your one-stop shop for all things the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Download the free mobile app today from your Apple or Android device. Just search the game Southwest Louisiana. No matter where you are, you can listen to the game Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul go. 
The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, the weekend of sports keeps getting busier and busier. College baseball, Major League Baseball, NBA playoffs, the PGA Golf Championship, and the Preakness Stakes at Pimlico Race Course in Baltimore. Post time Saturday, 6.01 p.m. on a race that the course will be televised by NBC. And we'll get to see Kentucky Derby winner Mage run yet again. Michael Bakeshock is our handicapper when it comes to thoroughbred horse racing and he's kind enough to join us for the second leg of the triple crown good afternoon michael how you doing buddy i'm doing terrific jordy how are you i'm terrific i've never seen a race where there's only one horse mage is the only horse in the preakness (laughs) who also competed in the kentucky derby what the heck's going on it's quite, uh, yeah, that's quite a, a rare occurrence. Uh, I, I don't even remember the last time that there's only been one derby runner, and he happens to be the I got winner. it. But, you know, I got it. I, it's did, a, my, it's a, I did my research, Mike. It's uh, yeah. the first Preakness since 1948 to include just one competitor from the Kentucky Derby, and that was Citation, who won the Kentucky yeah, well, Derby and the Preakness on the way to winning the Triple Crown. So maybe Mage is the is the rage. Mage is a rage, but he ain't no citation. So No, uh, no. I mean, look, but that being said, this is, it's a, it's a compact field, but it is not a stellar field. Uh, this is a very uh, field, it's a field that's light on accomplishments. Now these horses may go on later in the year to do something, but they haven't done very much up until this uh, point in the season. So, you know, for Mage to win, he's got to repeat the effort that he gave in the Kentucky Derby, and that's going to be difficult because it was a very tough race. It's a mile and a quarter, and now he comes back on two weeks rest. And, um, you know, it's just it's just asking a lot, especially, Jordy, especially mm-hmm. of a horse that didn't run it too. So he's he's got very little foundation to to pull upon. But, again, uh, all that kind of going against him, what's going for him is he ain't facing no world beaters in here. So, you know, I mean, he's going to be a very strong favorite, probably three to five, four to five. And that's probably about fair. I mean, I'm I'm making about 40% to 50% to win the race. So there's a 50% chance maybe that he doesn't. Finding that other horse that's going to beat him is just is really going to be is tough. It's just tough at the, at a good price. Your favorite is back in a Triple Crown race for the first time since 2021, and that's Bob Baffert, uh, who has had all kinds of issues, uh, and he brings a horse by the name of National Treasure into the fold. Um, it's a it's a smallest. Feel in the Preakness since 2018, eight horses. So everybody's got a chance. And like you said, who is that other horse? Who's going to compete in this thing? I think if there's going to, if it's if it's not Mage, there are three horses, and I think only three horses that can beat. Him. And you mentioned one of them, National Treasure, Bob Baffert. Now you know Bob Baffert and I 
we've had our differences. But you got to hand it to him. He knows how to win these big classic races, whatever yes, he means he's doing it by. And he's got national treasure. He ran in the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, he ran pretty well. And he's going to have him cranked. He's got the rail, which is probably a little bit advantageous. He's going to take the race to Mage. He's make Mage, probably run him down. So he's one of the three. The other two that I think can win are Chad Brown's horse, the seventh, Blazing Seventh. And Chad Brown has won this Preakness two out of the last five years with horses that he bypassed the Derby with which he did with Blazing Seven. Now, whether he did that on purpose or because he didn't have enough points to get in, I'm not sure. But he, this is a pattern that Chad Brown has used to win the Preakness, and Blazing Seven was a highly thought-of two-year-old. He ran a pretty good race in the bluegrass. Um, so he's a horse, I think, that can win. And then the other horse that I'm pretty sure can win and it will likely be my pick is going to be the outside horse, First Mission, who began his career at the fairgrounds, running second, okay. and winning a race around two turns, and then winning the Lexington just in very impressive fashion for Brad Cox. So if there's going to be a horse that beats Mage, I think 90% is going to be one of those three. I've never asked you this before. Um, Michael Bakeshock with us. How, how important is the jockey in these type of races? Eight in, a, eight in an eight-horse field, how important is the jockey? Uh, you know, I mean, you don't. I think it's important to have experience and not let the moment get a hold of you. If it's your first Preakness, you don't necessarily have to have won the race. Uh, it's nice that you have, you know, some experience at the track because of the nuances of the turns and just, but, you know, the horse is going to lead you to the winter circle, to the finish line, if you give right. a competent ride. It's very rare that a horse is the best in one of these, you know, triple crown races, except for the Derby, of course, where there's 20 horses and many right. horses have been the best but not one. But in these races where there's eight horses, usually the horse is going to lead you to the right trip and you're going to okay. win the race. But, I mean, I wouldn't want a jockey – that has never run in the Triple Crown. I wouldn't want a jockey that has never run a race at Pimlico. Those are kind of minor minuses to me. But really, if the horse is good that day, he's likely to, to lead that jockey right to the finish line. Michael Bakeshock has had issues with Bob Baffert. He's had issues with Pimlico. Uh, what a dump, right, as you've told me before. So let's, let's play a perfect world. Uh, we'll, we'll call it the Preakness. Um, where, if you, in your perfect world, where, what horse track would be the ideal place to have, have the Preakness run if it's not at Pimlico racetrack? Well, I, I would never want to take it away from Maryland. So, you know, there's another track there, Laurel Park, which is, um, probably 30 minutes from, from Pimlico. Uh, they run a meet, but you know, it, for years, they've been saying that there's money going to be available to, to rehab Pimlico and turn it into a, you know, kind of a destination track. And I think make it the track for, for Maryland. But politicians and uh, bureaucrats and gambling interests and special interests being what they are, they can't agree 
on, um, you know, the package. And so I, I don't think any of that work has started. But if it does start and it's finished, I think Pimlico would be a fantastic venue uh, for the location. I don't think it should leave Maryland, but as you pointed out, it's, you know, the, the first pictures that are posted on Twitter this week are from the press uh, on the fourth floor or whatever it is, and the elevator's not working, you know. So uh, a couple years ago, the electricity went out. The water water was shut off, and yeah. it's, it's a mess. It's just, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, just, it's really yeah. unfortunate. Um, what else is unfortunate is um, eight horses have now died at Churchill Downs since April 27th. What? We've heard of this before at another racetrack not too long ago. What? what how do you explain this, if, 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 if at all? I can't, can't explain it. Uh, it doesn't appear to be the racetrack, although I, I don't think that's been ruled out. I believe they're doing the crop seize on all the horses, so they'll figure out whether, you know, what what the individual causes were. I don't believe it's the the racetrack, as I said. It's just um, I, I don't know, to be honest. I really don't know. But it yeah. is it is it is very concerning. And as you pointed out, you know, there was another one I think this week that died at Churchill Downs. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's um, it's certainly not the the, the story that you want reported and talked about when you're trying to promote a sport. But that right. is that is what we're talking about, and that's what the mainstream press is reporting. So it's just extremely unfortunate. It really is. Um, Michael, what is the state of thoroughbred horse racing now, in your opinion? Well, it's, it's, it's in a terrible state, Jordy, and it's in a downward uh, trend uh, just this quarter. Uh, money wagered on horse racing was down significantly. Um, I, I personally don't think that there is going to be a savior for the sport. I think at some point it consolidates into a handful of large racetracks, um, and that's going to be what we're going to be um, forced to to uh, wager on and, and observe over the next, you know, whatever, 20 years, but it it reminds me a lot of boxing. You know, boxing was never able to uh, police their own sport, and so it just became uh, a war within, among interests of owner, uh, you know, promoters, boxers, trainers, and it just, uh, it, it, it evolved and it devolved into a sport no one watches anymore, and I think that's where horse racing is headed. I know we have the fairgrounds in New Orleans. We have Evangeline Downs uh, in Acadiana. We've got Delta Downs. Uh, I'm sure there's another track that I'm forgetting about. Uh, what about in the state of Louisiana? Uh, how is the strength of the industry within the confines of our border? It's terrible. We have too many mm. tracks, too few horses, and too many races. And, it's, it, you know, you don't horse spectators and people that bet on them don't want to be betting on five and six horse fields. And so they'll go find some other place to, to wager. And that's that we just don't have enough horses and there's too many races. Makes sense. Um, golly, can you come to commissioner please and get this thing rectified? (laughs) I don't think I'm going to take that on. I don't have, I don't have that much patience. I really don't. (laughs) 
All right. So, Michael Bakesock, let's get down to it. Uh, we were both uh, amiss in our picks for the Kentucky Derby because uh, those horses just don't listen to us. They just don't. So um, let's go with uh, who you like. You like um, the outside horse to win this thing? I do. First I do. mission? I like first, mi- first mission. And then I'm going to actually play Mage to run out of the exacta, and I'll go first mission, national treasure, and blazing sevens to, to complete the trifecta. There it is. You're always available for us. We greatly appreciate it. Um, again, I think for thoroughbred horse racing to get mainstream information out and about, the mage needs to win so you have a chance for a triple crown winner. If you don't, then, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, only eight horses in this thing, man. I mean, this is one of the premier races in every year, and you only get eight horses. That kind of sums it up to me. It's a symptom. It definitely is a symptom. Definitely sums it up. Yep. All right. Michael Bakeshock, thank you so much. You have a wonderful right, thank uh, you, Jordy. Wonderful weekend. Enjoy the thoroughbred race at Himlico. And I hope the elevator works and I hope the running water works and I hope the electricity <laughs> stays on this time. Michael Bakeshock, thank you. We'll take a quick time All out right, here. We'll you. come back with more stuff for your listening interest next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat-screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 42 minutes after the hour, um, PGA update. Bryson DeChambeau right now in the clubhouse with a first round 66, four under par, one shot better than Scotty Scheffler. And Corey Connors, Keegan Bradley, Ryan Fox, Victor Hovland, Sepp Straka at minus two. Uh, Sam Burns, the LSU golfer, even par 70 today. Rory McElroy, Brooks Kepka at plus one. Jordan Spieth trying to get the career grand slam is at plus three after the first round. And the Masters champion, who struggled, um, John Rahm. Plus six, a 76 today. So he's got a long way to go to, to try and get back into contention in this one. Still players out on the course. They had a, a over an hour frost delay this morning. So people like Phil Mickelson st- just getting underway on the course. They got a lot of golf still to be played. So uh, update on that uh, throughout the course of the day and tomorrow. Um NBA action tonight. It is game two of the Western Conference Finals with the 
Lakers in Denver to take on the Nuggets. Um, Nuggets won game one, 132 to 126. In case you forgot it, um, it was a game where Nikola Jokic was just outstanding. 34 points, 21 rebounds, and 14 assists from the center position. Never before, ever, from an offensive standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, the way he's playing now, there's never been a center better. Not Wilt, not Kareem, certainly not Shaq, not Russell, none of them. None of them. None of them. Uh, uh, Kareem, a great scorer. Russell, great rebounder. Uh, Chamberlain, great scorer, great rebounder. But 14 assists? Come on. From the center position? Come on. No, just just ridiculous. Um, be careful what you ask for, Lakers. You keep talking about Rui Hachimura guarding the Joker. Be careful what you ask for and letting Anthony Davis roam a little bit. Nugget's going to come up with a solution for that. They're going to bring Anthony Davis out, make him guard somebody else. They're going to spread the court, and they're going to put Jokic down on the block and say, guard me now. Guard me. (laughs) He's going to have a field day. He wasn't looking for shots in game one. He's going to be looking. He's going to be hunting shots in game two, and he's going to say, Hachimura, really? Really? Come on. So be careful what you say, Lakers. I'm just telling you, this is a really good team. And um, they're coached very, very well. Uh, Shamira, I think you got your hands full, buddy boy. I really, really do. Now, um, what are the Nuggets going to do against LeBron James? Because every time they saw whoever Jamal Murray was guarding, they let that man come up and screen. Um and so that he'd have to switch and guard LeBron, and LeBron just punished him and got him into some foul trouble. Um, so we'll see. The chess match moves on, continues on, and it's uh, it's a really good one. Last night, uh, I can't say enough about the Miami Heat. People don't give them the credit. They, they don't. People don't like the way they play or whatever. I, I love the way they play. They play unselfishly. They got one, two, three, four, five, six in double figures last night. Um, they share the basketball. They are accountable to one another. They are s- extremely disciplined and well coached. And unlike the Celtics, who will let Jason Tatum go around without touching the ball for minutes upon uh, minutes upon minutes upon minutes, Jimmy Butler has the ball in his hands every trip, every possession, every possession. Because he does everything. He facilitates. He scores. He does everything. He is, he's Jokic number one, Butler number two in the playoffs. Without question, without doubt, they've been the best. They have been the best. So um, these NBA playoffs have been just such a high level of basketball. And I know there's a lot of you out there, oh, I can't stand the NBA game. I hate it. They take games off. They do that. You watch it now and you see the level of intensity and you see how difficult it is for players to take shots and make shots and they still do it with regularity. It is, it is unbelievable how good 
these players are, how good they are. Uh, and Miami is the classic example. They don't have that big seven-footer. Bam Adebayo is there, is their center. He takes you outside. He brings the ball up the court. I'm telling you, that's the way it is. Can't win it with Jonas Valanciunas. I like him. You can't win it with him in your starting lineup. He's got to come off the bench and give you 10, 12 minutes, bang on the boards, give up fouls. But these guys are too talented, too coordinated, too athletic. Sorry, Jonas, you can't do it. Can't do it for me. No, can't do it. What a game. What a different game. Now, you know, I, I was amazed. I played against Magic Johnson, 6'9". We'd never seen a point guard at six foot nine. Now we got seven footers bringing the ball up the court. We're about to see four times a year this phenom from France who's 7'5", who rebounds it, brings it up the court. <laughs> Does a little bit. He's he's a seven foot five Kevin Durant, but a better passer. Geez, it's it's out of control. I don't know. I don't know what to tell your kids out there. But man, get a golf club, <laughs> get a baseball bat. Come on, give yourself a chance. This basketball stuff is getting out ridiculously out of control. Bigger, stronger, faster. Man, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Uh, crazy. Crazy. Um, baseball today, don't forget, 5 o'clock, first pitch, LSU, Georgia. Uh, and I said this with Bill Frankas, and I mean it. Uh, momentum is not on LSU's side. Even with a win over McNeese, they didn't play well. Too many errors. Only two hits after five and a half innings or five and a third innings. Only two hits. They're still struggling. But momentum is something that, is gained quickly and is lost quickly. So just as they've lost momentum, they can get it back. They just give that ball to Paul Skeens and you get those bats going again. And then you get something from Ty Floyd and you get the bats going again and, and you could be okay. You're going to be okay. Get on an uptick. And then the SEC tournament begins next week. And we'll see where LSU is, what time they play, when they play. We'll have all the games here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, some birthday wishes uh, today for some very prominent names in the world of sports. So we'll preview tomorrow uh, and much, much more. Stay with us. This is the Jordy Holbrook Show. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners, ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By the Louisiana Lottery. So many games to play, but you can't win until you start playing. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger ever. Eon is the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Three locations, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, and by Cajun Chef. Ah, yes. Do yourself a flavor. You're going to love it. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. 
Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You know, it's a nightmare when you have to go to the office of motor vehicles. Well, guess what? Today, the Internet has been down for several hours at multiple state offices today in causing problems for the Office of Motor Vehicles and the Department of Transportation and Development, among others. Holy cow. It's a nightmare already. uh, And now it's double time. Sheesh, Louise. Good luck. Good luck to all of you um, dealing with that. Special thanks to our guests today. Heath Schroyer. Athletic Director at McNeese. That was fun. Bill Frankes previewing LSU Georgia. Five o'clock first pitch right here on the game. Pre-game show begins at 4.30. Kimberly Chopin from the lottery. That was always fun. Frank Schwab down in Nolens giving us the scoop on the NFL. And Michael Bakeshock likes uh, first mission um, to win the Preakness. Not Mage. I want Mage to win. I want a triple crown possibility at the Belmont. I really do. And of course, game five, game two, Western Conference Finals tonight, Lakers and the Nuggets. Give me the Nuggets all the way. Um, if today, May 18th is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Uh, two Major League Baseball Hall of Famers today. Oh, the glove at third. Brooks Robinson is 86. Mr. October. Reggie Jackson is 77 from Opelousas, Louisiana, former Tiger Carl Dunbar. Happy birthday, Carl. He's 56 years old today. Uh, He won Super Bowl 23 with the um, Denver Broncos. Former Tiger cornerback Torrey James is 50 years old today. And what in the heck happened? One of the greatest games ever, Texas-USC. Vince Young ran crazy, won the Longhorns a, a national championship. Vince Young is 40 years old today. Tomorrow, Friday, regular crowd. We'll have George Faust. We'll have George Becknell. James with Larry Holder. We'll, we'll have some fun for sure. So come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then... I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Be kind to one another, and let's all be happy. Up next, a 30-minute quick edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. So long, everybody.